It's 1980. It's time to remake the creature from the Black Lagoon or just have some real rapey sea creatures. It's humanoids from the deep. everybody welcome to the new world podcast i am ryan and with me of course is mark hello and erica hi and we are going to talk this episode about 1980s humanoids from the deep as we all know roger corman loved to make movies based on the success of other movies and by 1980 he was not done uh, making movies that are set aquatically uh, aquatic horrors, if you will. He had a penchant for aquatic horrors. Yes. As, uh, you know, he wasn't done milking basically all that was left out of what Jaws had started in this whole trend of like sea creature movies. And Humanoids from the Deep was just one of a bunch of movies he did, obviously Piranha, but there's other movies that he did as well, Up from the Depths and a couple of other movies, which we will get to in short order. But other movies that he made to try to like capitalize on this growing trend. So he got his buddy Barbara Peters to direct this movie. We remember Barbara Peters from uh, a previous episode we talked about um, Angels Die Hard. I'm trying to remember which one one of those biker movies. Which one of the biker movies? I'm sorry, Barbara Peters. If we haven't released that episode yet, it's an episode we'll get to eventually. Yeah. (laughs) Not sure about how this release schedule is going, but uh, either way, she did direct. She directed movies for Roger Corman. She directed this one. She wasn't going to be pleased with the results, but that's okay. This was her last movie. This was, yeah, this was her last feature film was this movie. Yeah. So, uh, and, and this movie, as as Erica, you pointed out, is an hour and 18 minutes. That includes credits. So we're talking, it's about, it clocks in at about an hour 10 of actual action. Uh, it's, it is a long hour 10 it, it makes you really work for it mm-hmm. which we'll, we'll get into but uh for just genre no- fans and for fans that aren't particularly looking for a film to fill them with morals and with <laughs> this this lacks a the, lot of morals the, it's, it, it definitely rewards lot. that viewer with plenty of boobs and death scenes there's also a more than a handful of rape scenes <laughs> So I'm talking about the death of innocence, Mark. <laughs> yeah, and I'm talking about the rape of innocence. Okay, the the, the box cover says they've come from the depths uh, to mate. So uh, let's. So you watch this on VHS? <laughs> I did. So I pulled out my old VHS player, and uh, you want to be honest, I don't think it's a bad call. It's probably it's would look not. pretty good on VHS. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like some movies deserve certain mediums. Yeah, and there's, and I think this one. I mean. You I kept I, having to adjust we got, it. We got the Blu-ray. Okay? This is available on Blu-ray, and that's what we watched. We got a Blu-ray, Roger Corman Classics. So it is available, and it is a nice copy and everything. 
But, you know, this movie would work very well on a VHS. I had and to adjust the tracking quite a few times. <laughs> it was an old tape. <laughs> but It was not rewound. No. And I, it, you know, my VHS is a little old, so I'd do the old pencil and just kind of swing it around on the end of a pencil <laughs> to get that thing to rewind. But uh, you, do, you put it on an audio it a, cassette? Was it a cassette? You did it. <laughs> Did and the tape came out? You I realized as I, made, as I made that joke logistically, I like, had it wrong. How did you? How could you possibly take a VHS tape with a pencil? That's def, <laughs> That's an accident waiting to happen. You well, guys, that's a thick, hilarious comic pencil, comically thick. Pencil. <laughs> it's a very big pencil. Yeah, that's all I have. You could have big a clown, giant pencil, like I, a Pee Wee Herman I, style. I, big pencil. clown pencils at home. That's all I have. Uh, so uh, sh- should we uh, d- uh, get into it? Let's get into it. Now, look, first of all, I'm going to just... Let's get in deep. I'm going to jump into it. This movie was actually shot under the title Beneath the Darkness. Mm. That's what they were starting out with. Mm -hmm. They were going to call it Beneath the Darkness. If you see it, the title actually comes up. Uh, it says it, monster. It just says monster with a small which subtext. I, of yes, humanoids which I think is probably the what they was released the foreign title, and then it says you know humanoids from the deep. But that's what when they were shooting the movie, they thought they were making a movie called Beneath the Darkness. Uh, and uh, this is this is what uh, how what they say that they thought they were the guy who wrote the story for it said I felt it was time for a modern day monster picture based on the old ones like the creature from the Black Lagoon in 1954 and to do one that would tie in with the modern problem i look at the movie from the point of ecology and pollution of the world with chemicals in this case the ocean and to me that's an important problem so kind of kind of skipping over the whole mating part well this is the movie that they were starting out to make oh okay right so that's what they wanted to make that's the movie they were going to make this is the i'm sorry this that quote was from producer martin b cohen and so that's the movie they're going to make. And because on the strength of that story and what they were going to make, that's why they got uh, actors like Doug McClure in there and Vic Morrow and Ann Turkle, who at that time was married to Richard Harris. And that's the movie they thought they were going to make and what Barbara Peters thought she was going to be making. It is not the movie that they ended up with because uh, one thing that uh, Roger Corman always did is that he gave his directors a lot of autonomy. And then he would take the movie in the editing room and do whatever he wanted with it. And in this case, uh, he decided to shoot a lot of extra scenes. And that meant a lot more boobs and a lot more sea creature rapes. Mates. (laughs) Sea creature mates? They were mating. (laughs) I thought you were saying sea creature mates. Like, he's just pairing them up. Like, they could. Yeah, make make it work. In a way. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. And that's why uh, the director ended up uh, never directing again and, and became like she and got remo- wanted really to have her name removed from the credits. And But it starts out in a f- sleepy little fishing village. So sleepy. So so everyone's asleep. <laughs> just, that's Until how. they're not because yeah. they're petrified by sea creatures. And it's uh, Noyle. No- Noyle. Yeah, yeah, I, I, anyway. I, yeah. It's, it, it is a real town in California. I don't know if it's on the be- on on the ocean or on the water, but anyway, it was yeah. shot in Mendocino County. That's where they shot shot the movie. So I'm not sure if that's if that actual city is by that. But Noyo is the name Noyo, of the city, yeah. uh, a city filled with just a little bit of racism, just a touch, just a little bit of. There's one Native American man living in the town. Yeah. He's the, His name's Johnny, uh, and they they 
they uh, well, they, they fucking hate him. They can't stand him. They we get to meet a little bit of the. I guess they all they just do is fish because they, they don't talk yeah. about any. There's no other industry in this town. And, and salmon, all this is salmon fishing. fishing. Salmon fishing. Salmon's spe- the name of the game. There's there's like a festival. They, they they are invested in salmon fishing, and <clears throat> we get into a, a death out in the water from these sea creatures that just kind of pop up. And it's uh, a guy sh- uh, fishing out there with a buddy, but the guy he leans on the most in terms of that ship, his real first mate, is his 10-year-old son. who just, Jack- yeah, Jackie. Who just wants to sit there and read a comic. He's got a very simple, but he is asked to do everything. Everything. And his dad treats him like, a, like an adult and is just riding his ass the whole time. Now, I will say that... In this scene, we're introduced that something's in the water. Right. And... We start out with the titles, and we're in this murky water, and... Right. And so uh, they they pull up their, their fishing net, and they think they've got something big. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the camera cuts away to the hand, uh, some kind of creature that's in the net. Uh, but this scene plays out like a really dark slapstick death scene. Because... Everything goes wrong in the most ridiculous way. Uh, Jackie doesn't fill up the engine, so they can't pull it up, and his dad yells at him. Uh, at one point, uh, Jackie falls in the water and is attacked by the monster. Now, his dad has been screaming at him this whole time on the boat. His <laughs> Jackie falls in the water. It's very sad. Your 10-year-old child is dead. And he does this, like, I'm going to go in after him. And his buddy's like, no, it's too late. He's gone. And he goes, Okay. I mean, like the decision to not dive in for his son is made real fast. He is a bad father. I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that. Which is, yes, he's a bad father. Uh, Jackie. He pays for it pretty quickly, though. Karma karma returns to him fast. Because, again, they didn't fill up the gas, so Jackie gets the gas. Jackie Jackie, uh, 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 spills the gas. Then the wind breaks. Then the kid dies. Then, Jackie, wherever you then, are, that gas was not on you. That was not on you, Jackie. Then the, the captain, That was on your the, dad. The captain gets the flare gun. The captain trips over the gas can, shoots the flare gun into the boat, and the boat blows up. I mean, it's just like you could almost have like do-do-do-do-do-do-do happening in the background. At any, I mean, except for a kid dying. Well, I never or actually the Benny Hill theme. Beneath the darkness, guys. That's the movie they were copyright. making. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so it, the the boat blows up. Uh, Jack McClure's character sees this, uh, and they immediately start investigating, like what could have possibly happened. And of course, who's the first culprit? Johnny the native. Well. In the movies, nomenclature, the Indian. But for the sake of this podcast, we'll just... The Native American. The Native American, Here to four, we will say Native American. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he's to Draw the line there. (laughs) Thank you for finally taking a stand. (laughs) I'm going to take a stand on Native American, but we're going to talk about rape for the next hour. Non-stop and say it 500 times. Yeah, I mean, for the sensitive listeners out there, like, we're going to talk about rape. Not because we want to, because this movie gives us no choice. Mm-hmm. It happens often. Mm-hmm. It ha- it happens graphically. Uh huh. 
Uh huh. So if this is if sea creature rape is something you're not into, this isn't the movie for you. I, I think all of our listeners have. But all, if sea creature <laughs> assault, is, if sea creature rape is something, is something you're, you're into, into, also I who you are this a creep. Is the movie you are you. A, you are a creep. Who are you? <laughs> and thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> I called you a creep, but thank you for being here. Now, I would like to say that when I watched this, Eric and I watched this, we watched it, and during the first Jackie death, I, I heard nothing. But we get the, the dog. Is there another Jackie death that happens later? The first Jackie death. When Jackie comes back from the dead and is killed yet again, <laughs> I meant the first death that is Jackie. Then, once the dog gets killed, then Erica goes... Oh, not the dog. I'm like, what about the 10-year-old kid that just got killed? Well, and and his dad and the two other people. Well, the dad deserved it because he was a shitty dad. The captain, I mean. is just a dumb dog. Yeah, you're just a clumsy shithead. Yeah. So you but all Jackie deserved it. Jackie and his dad chose the life of the sea. Jackie didn't the choose shit. He didn't, didn't want to be out there. Yeah, so, so they kill a kid and a dog to start the movie. So, I mean, you know, at this point, I'm kind of going, all right. You know, you, you got me. You got my attention. Uh, and that is the greatest ruse that humanoids from <laughs> yes. the deep play. I think at this point they hook we you are, and you think, okay, is this a piranha caliber film? This is like the first twenty five minutes of Magnificent Ambersons, where like no, they haven't fucked with Orson Welles's movie yet. They haven't started shooting new scenes. We're like, okay, we're getting the uh, sea creature from below. We're getting the story that you wanted to make. This is the first and only time that humanoids from the deep is will be compared, compared to, to Orson Welles or Magnificent Ambersons. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Really doing you a solid there. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, in the morning they get up, they go looking for their dog, which made me wonder like. Like, you didn't think to bring your dog in last night? You're like, I thought the same thing. I, I, I had the same note. Like, where's that fucking dog? They didn't come out to the next day. No, They're like, next where's day. our dog? I'm next like, day. Well, so shitty dog owners. Shitty right dog there. owners. This is there's a, these people are just shitty. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just get that out right. Uh, so they find some slime on a trash can and then a trail of slime and they go following it. Um, because let's be honest, could be the dog slime. Could be. Could be dog slime. Probably not, but it could be. Um, and then they don't just kill their dog. They kill every dog in town. Mm-hmm. Right. With the right. exception of our one Native American friend. Johnny. And I do mean friend. Johnny Eagle. Johnny Eagle, who his dog is still alive. And just by the process of elimination, Vic Morrow, who, who plays the town racist... Or the town's most vocal racist in any Yeah, because he's I'm got a sure. gaggle I mean, of racists I mean, around let's him. not say he's the only racist in town. He's just he's just the one that's like, oh, shit. He really said what we were all thinking <laughs> out loud to right. someone's face. Mm-hmm. There's a great scene, though, right before this uh, where he they're all carrying in a bunch of Olympia beer. And he's carrying the beer in his coffee mug. Like he's drinking from the can, but mm-hmm. the can's in a mm-hmm. coffee mug because, like, obviously he doesn't want to wrap his hand around that cold can. Yeah. I, I can use the loop of my coffee Or mug. maybe he drinks the beer as hot as he drinks coffee. <laughs> maybe he drinks <laughs> it very hot. Maybe, maybe he likes a nice hot beer. Not so hot. apparently, though, hot his morning beer. he thought his conspiracy, And now though, a word from our sponsors, hot morning beer. Hot cup of beer. <laughs> and then we cut to a scene of a scantily clad woman brushing her hair Mm -hmm. and someone spying through the window. Mm -hmm. A natural... This woman has never been introduced. No. 
Uh, no flawless transition as far as I'm we've concerned. gone from daytime to nighttime. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I was like, did we? Is there? Did did we switch to a different movie? It's also then shot from outside looking in at a lower angle. Right. So are we in dog vision? Are we? What is the angle? Yeah. Who is viewing this? Uh huh. Michael Myers, guys. <laughs> no, but if Michael Myers was four foot seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Think the, about it. The first version of Michael Myers. <laughs> when he was 10. When he was 10. <laughs> he was 10. Incidentally, I love the fact that the, they're playing like the, the same cool, license-free jazz mm-hmm. that they do in the fog. It's that same, like, no one has ever listened mm-hmm. to this music at home ever. Especially no. not a 20-year-old woman. Yeah, But that's, <laughs> when, that's what she's jamming Until to. Until today. Yeah. Uh, so different I, times though. Different, different late times. 70s. It's a different time. They, they they didn't want to go hard rock. They didn't want to go disco. They had no choice but to go light jazz. So then we cut over to uh, everyone's heading over to uh, the the town hall to talk about the seventy fifth annual salmon festival that's mm. going on in Noyo, uh, and they announced the new cannery no, and no, like yo. the big no, cor- yo. the big corporation <laughs> has found a way to make bigger fish. And Johnny comes to the party now with his dead dog. Mm. And he's like, mm. oh, shit. You fuckers killed my dog. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, to which Vic Morrow is thinking, well, you killed all of our dogs, right. so it's all fair game. So a fight ensues. Yeah, so Jim Jim is on the side of Johnny, and so he's kind of defending him against Vic Morrow and his band of, of racists. Uh, the only funny bit is uh, the, the woman who was uh, – uh, brushing her hair to cool license free jazz they're making out in the back of a pickup truck and the and the boyfriend like opens the window of the back of the bed like the upper window b- above the back bed of the pickup truck to take a look at this fight that's broken out like right outside of the pickup truck he pops his head out and someone just cold cocks him right there and he falls back into the bed of the pickup truck i thought it was funny bit i was like okay that was, that was that's a good bit yeah isn't yeah. this the same uh kids that end up making out on the beach it is Right. And so when they end up making out on the beach, did you guys notice that there was a woman, like, just drawing in the background? Yeah. Right. And just watching them (laughs) make out? What were you doing, you weirdo? Hey, creep. Just having a hobby. And now we're in definite territory of, like, this is not the original director's scenes, right? Yeah. The just making out on the beach stuff is not the the movie she was making. They're in swimsuits, making out on the beach. This woman who's drawing is in jeans and a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. they go uh, to frolic in the ocean, and every scene of them making out, you can see them physically shivering. Because this movie was shot in the winter. Right. And they are freezing their ass off. And to a point that in there's Northern a scene California, where they're right? hugging, so it's, it's... and they're kind of making out, and you can see the girls' arms shivering. And I'm thinking, good God, how miserable must have the, the, this movie been? Like. Or maybe her She's... emotions are coming and overcoming. <laughs> Did you ever think that maybe she just was trying to put in a very powerful performance? I, I was thinking that this poor woman is freezing mm-hmm. her ass off in the water only to end up in a rape scene with a sea creature. Which she didn't realize she was going to be in. I No, I think she must have. Well, yeah, because she this must have been just for the reshoot. Yeah, She's this just is a reshoot. She's because this is reshoots. where we start establishing this movie is two movies. It yeah. is... Young people hooking up and getting attacked, having right, their tops creatures. torn off, right, and 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 raped by sea creatures. Because later we have that scene where they're in the where they're on the beach and they're in that tent, 
And the guy got a ventriloquist doll, which somehow completely works. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's a – that's a different – And that different girl, people. like, takes her top off. Is like, okay, let's yeah. have sex. She gets completely naked because you have a ventriloquist doll, and that works for me. So I don't know. I mean, that, in many ways, I was kind of saddened most by this because I'm like, these are two people that really deserve – I don't know if he's going to ever, he would ever find another person that would really appreciate his ventriloquist. Did your ventriloquist doll get the same effect for you? It did not do as well for me. And I worked very hard on it to make sure that I didn't uh, make an eth sound. You know, it was very hard to do. Out of practice. Yeah. But I I think the, the, what I took away from that was that, you know, ventriloquists can, can speak and make a voice without moving their mouth. And that guy was about to make some love. To that lady without moving his D. <laughs> that is a great point. That that's, is a great point. That's a great Thank point. Thank you for making that point. <laughs> I really appreciate it. But, what we were talking about was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and then you came in with that point, and I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, uh, so, and then when, uh, but, she leaves, when she does leave that tent, she gets scared because it's a sea creature. Yeah. She runs out of it. That lady is not the no, same lady. Not the same lady. It is a different no, lady. Different lady. Yeah. Topless. Like, very obviously different and lady. And, like, in a red wig? Yeah. Not no. at all the same person. And then she gets raped. And then she gets raped. But in between, so in between uh. these rape scenes is, like, rape scene and then going back to the boys where they're like, oh, the cannery. I want the cannery. Well, I don't want the cannery. Oh, Johnny Eagle is, yeah, we hate Johnny Eagle. Then back to a rape scene. And, which, so... If that was all second unit, and that was added by Roger Corman, and this movie's already clocking in at one eighteen, was the movie like a like a half hour? Was it made for TV originally, and it was going to be a forty minute? And you're giving you you've got extra commercials to, to. I think a lot got trimmed out of this movie. A I, lot. It has to be because well, they merged in two movies, and they still didn't make it. What's that now? What was that? What was that? Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> I feel like it's. Did worth you it. say a lot of trim got trimmed? Because I know what you're trying to say, but actually, I think I think the trim got added a lot, and yeah. I don't think they cut any of that out. So they decide that they're going to head down the river. So this is after the tent ventriloquist scene. They're they're going to head down the river to uh, to figure out to to really make Johnny pay. And so they head down the river. They sneak up and they light Johnny's house on fire. Johnny's had a couple dinner guests, and uh, you know they get out okay, and uh, they're trying to figure out who did this. One of Johnny's uh, dinner guests, like, sh- like hears a noise, and he's got a rifle, and he shoots into the woods. And this is our first time that out of the woods comes one of these creatures. It's one of the first times that we see like a, it all really up close, and like the whole thing. Weird that they were in the woods. Yeah, it's it, these. It just says they're just from the deep. It doesn't specify where deep they're, water. They're from beneath deep the surface. Woods. Deep you know, woods. They're, they're woods. They could be from anywhere. Right. It, 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 or, or just, yeah, just deep. Mm-hmm. Deep emotions. Deep thoughts. <laughs> no one can see your hand motions. <laughs> you can't make a hand motion. Erica, every time I say that, she just moves her hand like, see? Like, <laughs> there it is. She's hand like, motion. and? <laughs> no, no, we're not videotaping this podcast uh <clears throat> so the next day dr drake heads over to the dock where johnny drives up on his boat uh one of his dinner guests who's uh like otherwise known as jim's brother 
Uh, he's injured, and, and Johnny says it was a sea monster. So Jim decides to head down the river to go looking for the sea monster. I, I want to point out that, like, he says it's a sea monster. And, yes, you're, you have the usual suspects that are like a sea monster. Uh, but they're also, like, there's no – at no point actually in this movie are people like, what the fuck is happening here? Right. Everyone's right. sort of like, huh. There they are. Yeah, they're fairly resigned to the fact that, like, sea creatures are attacking their town. Yeah. There might have been that scene where they were like, wow, this is crazy. I guess sea creatures are attacking us. And Corman was like, ugh. <laughs> Cut it. Cut. Cut it. We don't need it. That was a part of the other movie. You know, we need more more chicks taking their tops <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Exactly. The other cool thing, the one thing I'd say this movie really did well was, like, make it seem like there was a lot of people in these sea creature costumes because they, they had, they had, uh, they were initially going to have stuntmen fill these, these sea creature outfits. And once they saw them, and I think they only had like three of them, maybe at best, and they weren't all complete. The stuntmen were like, nah, those look ridiculous. We don't want to go in them. So they, so they had to hire people to like wear these costumes and walk around in them because they couldn't actually get the, the stuntmen to do it. And, so there's not a lot of sea creatures around. And they make no. it look like there's actually a good amount of them, particularly towards the end. But they actually make it look like there's actually this a lot of sea creatures around when there's really only a, one good suit, one or two good suits. No, they do. And they they do an effective job. The, the editing, it, it makes it feel like there's an, a lot of sea creatures. Uh, you know, I, I'll give a lot of credit. Particularly that, at that salmon fest. Uh, uh, which is. goes off. Off. And I, but, and I will give it up. The sea creatures were designed by Rob Bottin. They do look pretty good. I mean, they, they definitely look like Creature from the Black Lagoon. But the close-ups on the head and stuff, there's a lot of great detail. You can see where kind of that aesthetic moved into the thing, which is what he's most famous for. But, like, he, you know, there, there's, there is some nice detail that they, that they show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just, unfortunately, when you're wearing a rubber suit and you're just a guy in a rubber suit, no matter how great the suit is, you still kind of look like a guy in a rubber suit. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the unfortunate thing. But so they uh, anyway, they, they find uh, Becky uh, covered in seaweed uh, sh- uh, for those keeping count. This is nude girl. Number one. Number one. Our first. Nude our girl. first nude girl. Uh, she's covered in seaweed, but she's still alive. So they decide to bring uh, the creatures and Peggy back to uh, the hospital or the lab or wherever Dr. Drake works, which we've never been there before. So we have no idea. They've got the creature. And they're doing basically the scene from the thing when they're go- when they're pointing out all the different like oh it's par- partially amphibian and it's partially this and partially that. Again, nobody is saying what the fuck are we dealing with here. They're all like, huh? Mm-hmm. So you're saying it could breathe underwater? Interesting. Yeah, they're just repeating the lines. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's uh, I, I would I would be saying, hey doc, what what the hell are we dealing with here? Actually, the thing part that they kept was actually this kind of whole sequence about how they became the humanoids from the deep. Well, yeah, they get to that afterwards. I mean, but I would, uh, I, I would have to clean up on aisle one first, right? Right. Then we can get back. Hey, uh, wait a minute. So (laughs) there's things in the water that are coming out. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Or maybe the woods. Or maybe the woods. Somewhere deep. (laughs) Somewhere deep. Space. So then they. Right. So then she does. So within a couple hours of research, because it becomes dark at the time that she gives a speech about how she's done this research, research, and she's figured out that, like, basically these are salmon that have been genetically manipulated into Mm. these monsters. Delicious. 
Uh, that that this is this requires a giant leap of logic. <laughs> Will they mix these salmon with people? But how? Where? <laughs> Who are these people? Oh, what if Jurassic like Park teaches us anything? It's that like aquatic genetics are very malleable with anything or deep forest genetics. <laughs> I don't think they added any. Well, do do frogs live in the deep? For I don't know. I, I mean, uh, deep probably. deserts. I mean, they could come from anywhere deep. Did they go right from this scientific discovery to the salmon festival? <laughs> yeah. So they, I feel like, they're like, oh shit, we found out what it is, and then it's right to the salmon. I festival. feel like we have like half an hour of like setup, and then we have basically do the do the math. You have another yeah. what forty five minutes of salmon festival. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my loose uh, guess on on, yeah. on how because it felt like most of the movie was a salmon festival. It's a <laughs> large amount of time on those docks <laughs> setting up the salmon festival. But when they get to the docks and abusing this poor old Dixieland band, <laughs> they only have one band in town, and it's this Dixieland band. I mean, you know what? Young they people of no yo, and there's a bunch of you. Shame on you for not starting a band. Because they literally start that festival off and they're like, I mean, the band's like, ugh. Yeah, the band's playing like, hello, like, my baby, keep... hello, my darling. And this guy, like, in, he's like, we got to pick up the beat here, come people. On. Come on. People want to dance. And, this and they're one... like, oh, we're, we're a Dixieland band. What do you want from us? <laughs> they're they're borderline. They're a mix between Dixieland and a barbershop, barbershop quartet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's like, pick up the pace. We got young people here. Well, first off, no matter what they play, no matter what they no, play, you're no, you're Dix- you gonna- hired a Dixieland. I'm on their band side. They're like, you hired us. You <laughs> and knew this what we poor were. Woman, it's just like she's like, oh, she's, she, she, shut your pie hole. She's like, we're God doing damn all it. we can. Oh, we need, we need this hundred bucks. <laughs> we gotta, we've gotta record our demo. <laughs> this gets us this two gets hours us- of studio time, and we can put down. We, we do can, this. We can cut an EP. Then we, we can- can't wait because the Dixieland scene is nuts. It's moving at lightning speed. We're gonna become irrelevant in no time. We have to stay on this. We have to strike while the iron's hot. Yes. We're gonna hit that. We play We're- old old music, but the scene. Moves at a rapid pace. After this, we hit the county fair circuit, and holy oh, shit! And then our whole lives yeah. open up. Kiss your girlfriend's goodbye because we're gonna get so much tang on the road. Ooh, our panties be dropping for Dixieland band. Uh, Dix, Eland. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think. That they were thinking that, but I yeah, mean, I you know. do. I definitely do. I think <laughs> she was you like, could not convince me they, 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 she, they she, didn't. She's like, so when she gave that look that she didn't want to play anything up upbeat, she's like, I expect a deep dickin' for what we're about to play right now. <laughs> yeah, she sighs, but she's like, man, you're gonna owe me. You're gonna owe me, and, and it ain't cash because we are getting paid a hundred bucks for our for our, that's gonna pay for our demo and also. Sexy time. That's how you were also paying me for this. And then they also have a local DJ who decides yeah. to set up shop at this salmon festival, who I have to give him credit. Again, this is all bonus footage that they did not originally shoot in the movie, which yeah. is. But this DJ, uh, he starts off as like a real cheese ball who's like, you know, interviewing next to him like Miss Noyo or some sort of beauty contest winner no, it's or whatever. Miss Salmon. Miss Salmon. Miss Salmon Fest or whatever. 
But he really sticks it out because as soon as they start attacking, he's like, yeah, we're going to keep broadcasting. We're going to keep going. Like there, right. there's there's people getting like murdered or raped right in front of his booth. And he's like, oh, man, guys, stuff's really going down here. He's like, he's he's going for the Nobel Prize. Yeah, like no. he's he's doing it. But what's funny is every scene that he's in. So he's he's far away from the mic. Like I am right now. He's like, I'm mad, mad Michael Mike, and I'm your DJ here. Like, I don't know what this sounds like, but I've got to sound a million miles away. And he never gets within three feet of that mic. And I'm thinking, who taught you? Who taught you how to do this? But those mics were very sensitive. That's why. <laughs> they were deep. Right. They were also simultaneously recording a potential live album of the Dixieland band. They were doing double duty. Uh, so not only that, but this you, is an it, intense salmon fest. It's too late. Guys. It's too late for the recording now. The scene is off the charts. <laughs> There's no more room for anyone new. It's too late. So, but, but what you're saying is that he's, already eight bands competing for. Yeah. He's trying to earn, he's trying single. to earn the Pulitzer. Uh, <laughs> while Miss Salmon has also shown the same level of courage and does not run at all. She's sticking with. Uh, Mad Mad Man Mike. She even Michael. fights him off. It's Mad Man Mike Michaels. It's, but she's sitting right there while all this all the shit's happening. She's like, I'm sick with you, bro. Just me and my sash and my little bikini. We're we're doing this together. I mean, she knows she won a beauty contest, okay, maybe. But she knows that the responsibilities extend far beyond just winning a beauty contest. Yeah. You have to represent salmon. <laughs> You're now an advocate. You are Miss Salmon. You must represent. Yes, you it, have contractually. She. So has when to, shit goes down, you don't run away. No, you're no, Miss Salmon. No, that's good. It's you got to stand up. It's a great point. It's a great point. And she really lives into that. I mean, she. I mean, kudos to both those two. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, pro- possibly the two biggest heroes of the whole film. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. When the sea creatures do attack the Salmon Festival, they come through the bottom of the dock, and I'm no architect, but the planks looked real flimsy. Which begs the question, should we be congratulating these sea creatures for identifying a a structural flaw in the dock that could have killed hundreds of people? Did they drop the blueprints into the ocean and they found them yeah. and they found like a weakness maybe they were just coming back to say to, guys to exploit this dock is a hazard and number one take also, better care of your blueprints and don't drop them in the water that's littering and also, also dumb for a potential sea creature to yeah. find also who wants to fuck also yeah we'd like to rape your women if that's cool <laughs> while Actually, we're here it you know it's rape we're not going to ask permission that's the whole terrible point of it I said it's it's not a good thing. Look, this movie has rape in it. I'm not happy about it. So while the Salmon Festival is being attacked for uh, half this movie, uh, Carol's at home with her son, basically yep. like just... doing some real Amish cosplay. I thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly, I was like, "Is that the same lady? Who is this? Also, is that she's a been gone from the movie." For a, for, while. for a while, for a while. I mean, while. probably only twenty minutes. But I mean, for a movie yeah, like this, it's only an hour and eighteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. like it felt like an eternity. Uh, honestly, when it cut to her, I had to quickly look I was up like, again. Like, who is she? Who? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, it's the main guy's 
very younger wife. Yeah. <laughs> and their son. Right. Uh, okay. All right. And why? Uh, and why? he has a son. And you know everyone's going like, hey, Doug, McClure, having a son of your age, you know, buddy? Because <laughs> you got a little kid. I mean, the guy, I mean, look, he doesn't look terrible or anything, hey. but it's like, man, how's looks, ga- how's uh, getting up with old Timmy Oh, there? man. <laughs> Is he keeping you up at late at night? <laughs> it's got to be rough. You got to be weird having like kids in college, as I imagine you must. <laughs> And now and then, this new young kid? Oh, man. Oh, wow. You must really love her. Never got the snip, eh, bud? <laughs> Went in a little too deep. This salmon fest, uh, at one point, a part of the dock collapses. This girl's trapped on it. Vic Morrow's character comes to save her. And who's he get saved by? Johnny Eagle. Johnny Eagle. Pulls him up, and they have they have a maybe half second where they do the... A significant like, half second. <laughs> A deep, <laughs> but penetrating you ex- you half second. To, you expect this to be the moment where it's like, oh, you know what? I was wrong about you. They just kind of give each other that quick glance, and then we move on. Like, uh-huh. you know what? That that story. There are there are there's no possible room for titties. I think that, things are going to be a little bit different around the town of Noyo from here on out. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, they're going to have to get a new dock. Yep, and also half the people are killed and or have been raped. So there's going to be a lot of counseling. That's going to be <laughs> so, a lot of counseling. A lot of counseling. So Jim gets the bright idea that the way he's going to get rid of these creatures is he's got to dump all the fuel into the the into the great uh, plan into the marina. Perfect plan. What could go wrong? Perfect plan. Yeah, what because could at, go wrong? Because at that point, all of the sea creatures are on the actual dock. Yeah. So great plan to now light the entire bay on fire when they're not in the water. Right. So great plan, dude. Right. Good and job. they might be in the deep woods. Now you're just basically saying, hey, we have made your home uh, uninhabitable, so please stay on land yeah. where we live. Uh, so um, back at the house, Carol is attacked by a monster. She stabs the shit out of it. And what is, like, one of the most gory scenes, I think, in the movie, it's the one that if you watch yeah. any, any you know, uh, scary movies that you should see, kind of documentaries and shit like that, like, that's the one that everyone shows you is, is that scene. And it, and it is, uh, if you buy the Blu-ray, you'll get some behind-the-scenes footage where she talks about how she, you know, she felt like the actress felt very, like this was a very important scene. Because it was in a time when women were typically just like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Where's my man? And then they die. This was, you know, one of the first times where like uh, in a move in movies where women were like, I don't need my husband to solve this problem. I can solve yeah. it myself. Hey, well, for one, she has a genius move of just dumping the baby in the bathroom. Smart. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> just smart. Just let really the baby smart. fend for itself. Uh, but no, she's she is a pretty bad bitch because she just takes down this creature with, <laughs> with some cleaning products and like a knife. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's just like she's like I don't need to light a bay on she's fire, fucking motherfucker. MacGyvering the fuck out of this scenario while her husband is killing all aquatic life for the next <laughs> right. twenty years in in a town that apparently makes no money but from fishing. He's gonna light the bay on fire. <laughs> yeah. Kill all aquatic life. So, thank you, town genius. <laughs> so when he gets home and he sees her, and she, he's like, "Fuck! Wow, man! Wow, it's amazing." He's, he's just threw some Clorox at it, and you, you, you stabbed it. It's amazing. Huh? Just, so you just stabbed him in the face or something? <laughs> huh? 
She goes, because what, what I would have hey, done, hey Jim, what I would have done is I would have lit our whole house on fire and I would have burned that to the ground. Interesting, interesting. Okay, huh. okay. I'm seeing your thought huh. process. Interesting. Wouldn't have done it. Wouldn't have done it. I would have burned the house down. I would have burned everything down. I'm not saying I'm right. Right. I'm I would have run out of the house and burned it all to the ground. Maybe the creature follows me. Maybe. Maybe also he gets burned up. I don't know. I'm going to play those odds, though. Then I would have lit other stuff on fire. <laughs> and I, would have, I would have lit the neighborhood on fire. Try try outliving that. <laughs> so what we're learning is his critical thinking is none too sharp. No, very sharp. He's the sharpest. He's destroying everything in that town. So the next morning... Secret subplot that we never talked about is that he is moving from Noyo the next week. And he always was planning to. <laughs> He's just, just, he is the one who actually killed all the dogs. <laughs> we never get to the subplot, but he is actually the killer of all, all the dogs, dogs in the town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't honestly remember if this truly happened, but I'm going to just, I'm going to print the legend here and assume it did. I think the Dixieland band continued to play all night long. Throughout the you entire, you know they did because a Dixieland band can go all night. <laughs> I think they they never stop playing because, you know, why would they stop? You know what I mean? Keep playing. It's a great soundtrack. Uh, so yeah, they were Dixieland just, doesn't stop. So they were like the band on the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. They're uh, going down with Noyo. So at the end, they're like, it's been an honor to play with you. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, I'd love to think that too. Uh, so then uh, they they cut away. We get an aerial shot of the disaster that is Salmonfest. What a disaster! And then we quickly fast forward to sometime in the future, uh, and Peggy is now giving birth, or not that far in the future. I don't know how this stuff. Works well, that's exactly that's but... true because honestly, I was questioning. Jim is able to get from the dock back to his house. In no time. Is that house on the dock? It's, it has to be because he's like, oh, man, I got to get back home. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take my boat. <laughs> I'll see you guys. He jumps on his boat and takes his boat home. Right. So clearly but he they live on the, it, on the And then water. he's like, I'm home. And, like, and yeah, it's just getting out of the flaming bay that he's just <laughs> he's started. Also, he's also built a space-time continuum where he folds time and space and gets to his house. <laughs> and he just appears. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Peggy's giving birth to a baby. Uh, uh, the, she, the, the doctor's telling her to push. And I'm at this point, I'm thinking, oh, please let this be like in V. Uh, I mean, we know that the setup is, is going to be an, an you alien. and the eight other people that <laughs> watch V. <laughs> you think that you and the on, other V come heads on, come on <laughs> you and the other V heads are like please let this be like me yes that also includes you, Michael Ironside you V heads <laughs> Michael Ironside Robert England are all like keeping your fingers crossed yeah it's gonna happen actually this predates V right yeah it so, does yeah but similar so she's pushing for the baby uh, the baby comes through her stomach which is I mean it's straight out of Alien and then, uh, and it's obviously, it's it's a sea creature. But Peggy, it, what's weird is, so that happens, you, you kind of see it coming, you're like, okay. But she is screaming, and her eyes are like 
Marilyn Manson contacts in there, why that would be... It, anyway, it, freeze frame, end of movie. End of movie, the uh, end. Now you've got uh, seven more minutes of credits, so we, you've only invested yeah. an hour and ten into this thing. They really drag those credits out. And they do. They drag they really that shit do. out. They really do. <laughs> um, there and, and and this is now at the point, like... Uh, the director went to a screening, had all these ladies there, had not seen it, watched the movie, and were just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is the movie? And the director desperately tried to take her name off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lady who played, I think... Um, the woman that played Carol also said in the documentary that when she went to see it, right, she didn't know about all the, the, the new footage that had been added. She thought it was... Basically, a woman, a, a movie where a par- big part of it was this strong woman that, right, that fought right, this stuff off, right. and was like, "Oh, this isn't at all the movie that the, I shot." It was. They thought they were going to make a movie that was somewhat empowering like, for and women, a statement. and it, it's not. No. And the lady, what Anne Turkle, I think, plays the doctor. She basically said that she says what it is is degrading, disgusting, softcore pornography. It was supposed to just be a straight science fiction story with no sex. So quite a difference. And if you watch the Blu-ray and you see the extra footage, there's extra scenes, some of which, on a side note, don't have any uh, sound whatsoever, which begs the question, do you need to include them? (laughs) But anyway, they're there. For the completest out there, for the completest out there, they're like, I don't care if it's got no dialogue. I just want to see more footage. But uh, but they have more scenes with other people that get naked, and that didn't. So they actually did trim some trim. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> you come out victorious in the end, Erica. So there was even more nude scenes in this movie that they decided to cut out. They were like actually being somewhat judicious about which nude scenes they would include. They definitely changed the movie around. Not what they wanted. Barbara Peters ran off angry. Did not work with Roger Corman again. But here's what Roger Corman has to say about it. In his defense, he says, I think it would be awful if women weren't allowed to direct pictures like humanoids. People have got this idea that women are only interested in small pictures about human relationships. But women ought to be able to direct The Dirty Dozen if they want to or Apocalypse Now. They should be able to do the whole range. Again, this all these quotes are from uh, Roger Corman's New World Pictures, Mind Warp, uh, by Christopher Kading. Uh, now, so that's what he's it. Saying is that women should be allowed to direct pictures. What he's saying is that women should be able to do any kind of genre movie. So, hey, if you're upset because there was like, hey, this isn't a very empowering women's story, they're like, hey, but women should be able to make any movie. So, what if they were able to make this? And, and the point is, is that, you know. Also, they should be able to make whatever movie they want and then just have me come into the editing room <laughs> and fuck the whole thing and, up. and change it on them at the last minute and have somebody else, a man, direct brand new scenes that, that does what I want. And then I change it in the end. And look, they directed a movie they never thought they were directing. Isn't that empowering? And look, I didn't, I'm, I'm not 100 percent whether or not it's just, it's just the fact that she was a woman. I just think, you know, the guy liked making sleazy B pictures. And partly it's why I think she decided to never direct another movie again is because and went into TV because she thought, I'm just going to be just known as this director of B pictures. And I don't want to just make these B movies for the rest of my life. 
But Roger Corman was obviously very comfortable with knowing, oh, yeah, making B pictures is my thing. That's what I do. Right. So, I mean, he gave tons of people their first breaks. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people uh, hate him for it. I mean, it's just I think he was like, I make a certain type of movie. And if you want to make some big, nice, fancy movie, which is a remake of Creature from the Black Lagoon, that's great. I want to make a movie where sea creatures rape a lot of people and gratuitously take their tops off like that's the movie he wanted to make so Mm -hmm. that's why we have these two different movies so uh did we like these two different movies erica no no it's horrible (laughs) it's horrible (laughs) i i think there's i don't know it's really no no you thought it was horrible Mark? Um, we have two movies here. Yeah. I don't think... And both of them are horrible. I don't think either one is good. So I think that even if we saw the movie that the director... Re- what was her name again? Sorry. Barbara Peters. Barbara Peters. If we saw the movie that Barbara Peters made originally, I still don't think it's a good movie. But I would argue the other movie is also not good. The movie where it's just alien rape scenes. Because and there's no right. arc, there's right. no arc in that. Well, they're not aliens. Unless you, unless Let's you... be fair, they're not aliens. Okay. Mutant, yeah, mutant monster. They're not salmon from another world. <laughs> monster rape scenes. We don't the... know that. Again, they we only know they are from the deep. If they're from the deep space, they could be salmon from another planet. Okay, thank you. So salmon I go from back Mars. To my original... Salmon from Mars. I go back to my original statement. <laughs> aliens. But there's no there's no story arc in that. Yeah, there's not a lot of story to this. I will say that there is some kind of charm to this movie in a way. There's something to this movie that I think is... Uh, I'll say the Blu-ray looks damn good. It looks good. The Blu-ray does look really good. And I... Though I still contend this is a VHS movie. This is a VHS movie. Well, that's why I have my big pencil (laughs) at home. Um, That's why you got yours from the library. (laughs) (laughs) I know why I bought the Blu-ray, and I know why you bought bought the Blu-ray, and it's because we're doing... And you know why I won't buy the Blu-ray? Right. It's because we're we're doing this thing. Right. Uh, I don't know who else is buying that Blu-ray. And I feel bad for the company that spent to obviously Probably the same people listening to this podcast who are probably pretty pissed we don't like this movie. <laughs> and now, idea. Dixieland music just plays us out. <laughs> I should hope so. I mean, yeah. I deserve the Dixieland out is what we all deserve here. They are the hardest working band of all time. In the streets and in the sheets. (laughs) See you next time, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye.